The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are the topics as we break, break down week 30 in this season's Premier League. Arsenal and Liverpool play out an absolute thriller, drawing 2-2. Manchester City east past Southampton, winning 4-1. Erlen Haaland scoring two goals, taking him to 30 in the Premier League this season. Spurs beat Brighton 2-1. Both managers see red in a tense and controversial match. Manchester United beat Everton 2-0, but lose Marcus Rashford to an injury. Newcastle come from behind to beat Brentford 2-1 to remain third in the league. And Frank Lampard can't find a win in his first match back as Chelsea manager. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. All right, my friend, you got a weekend off, a weekend to, to sit on the sofa and <laughs> enjoy all that's Premier League. I mean, from... An early kickoff to a crazy 10 o'clock window yesterday. <clears throat> you know, City doing the business at Southampton. And then today, two, two really uh, pulsating games. Leeds hosting Crystal Palace. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to start, mate, at Anfield. It was the big game of the weekend. Uh, the high-stakes game, in some respect, of the weekend for Arsenal. Uh, end up drawing the game 2-2. I suppose... The overriding question and the question that was posed to Mikel Arteta, do you see that as a point gained or two dropped, Rob? Where, where were you on that and, and what was your bigger picture from a game that had a bit of everything, you know, good, bad and, and some ugly mm. that we'll talk about maybe after we've talked about mm. the football? Yeah, I think overriding, Rob, it, it ended up being a good point for Arsenal. Yeah. And, and if everybody's really honest about it, they were a little lucky to get the point. Mm. I mean... With, with Liverpool's comeback, um, with that atmosphere, with the way that they played in the second half, they missed penalties. I'm making notes of all chances that go through the game, <laughs> yeah. Rob, and I'm like live, writing Liverpool chances all the way through second half. Mm. And yes, I know Arsenal have got a very special goalkeeper in, in Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. Um, but with the chances and the saves and the penalty miss... Arsenal will get back on that bus mm. or on that plane and think, God, that, that, was a, that was an incredible game of football and we will absolutely take the point. Did you see it the same, Rob, or did you I, feel like with 2-0 up that yeah. they'll be disappointed? No, I didn't. And Bex asked us both. And, and Tim was probably a bit more down the disappointed route. And, and we heard from Mikel Arteta after. Um, and and I, I think so, you know one or two were sensing maybe that, it, that he, he's putting on a braver face. But I, I, I'm with you, Rob. I think... It's one of those days when you, you take the positives, you take what could have been. Of course, from 2-0 up, you, you'd want to win the game, but from 2-0 up against Liverpool, who get a goal just before half-time, the mm. game's very different. The fans got involved. We talk mm. about the incident with Jacker that I thought was a little foolish mm. that ignited the, the, the atmosphere, mm. and then Liverpool played at a, a better intensity because of that. Um, but you're right. Let, let, let's, you know, X's and O's and, and ones and twos. Liverpool had... 
Four more chances, second half, to go on and win the game, apart from the goalkeeper saving a penalty miss by, um, by Mo Salah. They had one or two opportunities that they probably should have finished better. And, and Arsenal were... Listen, they had to dig deep, Rob. I, I thought there was a bit of tiredness in mm. one or two of the players, of fatigue. I don't know if that's tension, Rob. Maybe sometimes, you know, in a big game and, and you get sort of really up for it, it, it does take a lay, away a bit, bit of your energy, that nervous energy. So... Yeah, I think it's a positive one. Mm. And, and, and I also said, Rob, just, just in closing on this, that I thought Mikel Arteta did a good job after the game because Bex was sort of saying, well, you know, how will City feel? Is this, a, you know, a bit of a feather in their cap that they've dropped the points and now it's only a six-point gap? And, and I didn't feel that way. But I also felt it's important for, for Arteta to say, we're still in good shape. We're six points clear. We've just drawn it at Anfield where Manchester United just got beat 7-0 and... You know, we're, we're, we're still the team to beat. We're still top of the table. And he was very positive. And I, I actually mm. liked it that he was positive, that he wasn't going down the road over, I've got tired bodies, we, we hung on there, we've got a point. Because I don't think it was like that. Mm. Yeah, we, listen, you watched, you know, this Premier League season unravel and you see the form of, of City right now and you kind of expect it almost, if you're an Arsenal fan, that you've got to go and win every game. And, and, us and Liverpool away... When they showed those flashes, and we'll get into that, and I'm sure Liverpool fans are a little, a little frustrated yeah. that that first 45 minutes, they just haven't seen that. They yeah. haven't seen that enough times, and that's why they're, you know, um, struggling to make the top four. So, of course, in moments, in times, mm. and it comes down to emotions, Rob. And I'll go right back to the start of the game. The, and um, you know, on, on our on our coverage and our broadcast and stuff, Rob, I think we do a pretty good job of. Of when stuff we want to show stuff and not go to commercial break, we yeah. try and do it. Yeah. And the, the, you'll never walk alone mm. at the beginning of the game. I mean, it, it's always a little emotional, and it's yeah. it, whoever you support, you know, surely got to be, you got to like, like, it's a little bit of wow to that. And I thought today we showed it all. We had great camera angles of the players' faces with the, with the singing of the, the anthem going on in the background. I just thought it, it was, it was shaping up to be a brilliant game of football. Mm. And the first half, mate, I, I tweeted out. I mean, maybe it was, a, it was a flipping, you know, kiss of death a little bit for Arsenal. But I think around about 35, 40 minutes, I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting, this is stunning yeah, from Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. To go there with the atmosphere, mm. to quieten them down, to score two goals, for Gabriel Martinez to look like an absolute million dollars. Um, goals coming down that side again. He got the better of Trent Alexander-Arnold um, a couple of times. Um, Trent came back in the second half and with a brilliant, brilliant assist. So, you know, at, at that point, Rob, and we'll get on to your, your moment, which I think is a very valid point, I'm thinking, this Arsenal team, look at this. And I know that I think you made the comment, or maybe Lee Dixon, about they'll be nervous as anything going into this game. Yeah. Mm. But they didn't show it in that first mm. half an hour. And some of that football, it, it, it's so... It's so familiar now, and it's so set. They're automatic. I think I made a note. Like, our Arsenal's football is, is automatic, and it helps them in days where there's a big atmosphere yeah. or there's a big pressure on it. They just kind of go into auto mobile Zinchenko and midfield and Martinelli and, and every, how they do mm -hmm. things. Um, and I thought they were brilliant, Rob. Um, but, yeah, we'll go back to your insight. I know you made a comment on the show, Rob, that, you know the, the, what? What you thought maybe started the uh, the change in the, the momentum of the game? Yeah, well, I, I just thought as, as the game started, you know, as, I completely agree in terms of, of Arsenal. It was stunning at times. It was like, wow, they, they're doing this to Liverpool at Anfield, and then there, there, yeah. there was a yeah. there was a situation, Rob, where Granite Jack, who's been exemplary this season, um, can't speak highly enough from uh, in terms of his football, in terms of his leadership, in terms of his control and his emotions. He got caught up with a challenge. 
it might have been Fabinho Canute. And then he ended up with a, with a, uh, him and Trent Alexander-Arnold went together. And there was a bit of push and shove and, a, you know, a little bit of not head quite butting, but, you know, heads being forward. And, it, and the referee ended up coming in eventually. Both players got yellow. But it, it riled the crowd up. And there was a five-minute spell after that, Rob, where tackles were flying in from both sides, but Liverpool were, were ignited. The Anfield fans, Liverpool fans at Anfield were got up got into the game, and all of a sudden, from that point on, Rob, there was a different intensity yeah. to Liverpool's play. And I, and I remember, mm. I, I was reading articles last night about the game, and, you know, you, you, you get a bit excited, even, you know, we're just watching the game and, and yeah. reporting on the game. But I read an interesting article about Mikel Arteta saying that, you know, he's, he's had to learn, and it's his first time, first, first rodeo of, you know, being in charge of it. And he said last season, he, he had words with Klopp at Anfield, and they had a bit of a fallout. And a similar thing happened, and it got the crowd going. And, and, all, and Liverpool won 4 0, I believe. Mm. And he sort of said, mm. I can't allow that to happen again. And it was almost a bit of a carbon copy mm. situation with, with Jack, Granite Jack. And now I'm not saying that was the reason it ended up 2 2, or that's the reason, but it was something I thought that let Arsenal down and made the challenge in the task bigger. Because the fans got involved, because they were pretty quiet in that first 35 minutes when Arsenal were dominating the ball. The fans got involved mm. and it changed the, the, the intensity and the speed of the game. And it's funny, Rob, right? And, and we've, we've kind of hinted at this before about Liverpool and why, you know, I, I get asked every day almost yeah, what's happened to yeah. Liverpool, why they're quite not, not quite the same. And isn't it amazing the power of um, emotions, yeah. basically? Like, yeah. like, just that. That extra, and I've said it before, Rob, about like in any team or in any game, there's a little bit more that you can give. And Liverpool haven't found it enough. Yeah. You find it when you're going on a great run, or you, I've said it before, when you feel like something's happening at the top of the league table, you know, or you're, you're in the last stages of a cup competition, you find that extra. Well, mm. today Liverpool found that extra 15, 20%, because it felt like that much, maybe more, yeah. in terms of just from the emotion. Nothing from what the yeah. manager said. Maybe a little bit what, what you're saying there in that collision, Rob, that, yeah. that, that sparks the fans, which sparks the players. But that... That energy that Liverpool, particularly at Anfield, and I know that maybe some fans that aren't Liverpool fans get fed up of the, yeah. you know, Anfield's a special place type of thing. But, it, it, I, you know, I'd, I'm, I'm sure all crowds have, have the ability to, to motivate their team to another level. But we mm. saw it today. And, it, and, it, and I go back to, gosh, when Liverpool are playing like that in the second half, it's because their engines at full revs. Like, it's, they're, they're full steam ahead. And when they're not quite there then we've seen the results this year and, and what it means. And then teams get a little bit of space and they get their head up and they stick balls in behind and it, it changes everything. Liverpool wants that second half all the way through. In previous seasons, he's built a team to be able to do that yeah. for a couple of reasons. And we know the midfield is kind of lacking a little bit at the moment. It hasn't been there. But when it's there, they've got attacking players, they've got energy, they've got quality. You know, there's some of the... the, the I mean, they created like five or six, seven chances, Rob, yeah. in the game. Um, just through that. And Arsenal, Rob, to swing back to them you know with about 20 minutes to go I'm thinking this is again listen I'm I we haven't been lucky enough to win the Premier League title yeah, but but yeah. you, you sort of think well this is it right now yeah, Arsenal yeah, you've yeah. done your silky football yeah. you've shown us how great you are you've come back from difficult situations but mm -hmm. at Anfield you're winning this game it's 2-1 and you're, you're absolutely backs against the wall yeah. and, and 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 you're hanging on basically they're mm -hmm. hanging on yeah. um and it's like, well, go on then. You, you want to be champions. Win, yeah. win 
in a different way. And this is a way different way. It's a scrappy way. It's a way that we used to win games, Rob, yeah, when, yeah, in the Premier yeah, League when you're playing against the big boys. Yeah. You have to scrap. You have mm. to take all that you can get. And they almost did it. They almost did it. Um, just before I throw it back to you, Rob, I know Rob Holding's done a good job. Is it? Is it... Would it have been a little different if William Saliba have played? He hasn't caught that many headlines about his, yeah. his, his back injury. Yeah. And all teams have injuries. Mm. Rob Holden's done okay. I, yeah. st- I, I think the longer time goes on, yeah. that little bit of gap in quality in that mm. middle of defence, I think, makes a difference. And I think it may have made a difference in today's game. I think you're right. His athleticism, his, his, his composure, is probably better understanding of defensive situations. Listen, Rob Holden's done a good job holding, if, if, if you excuse the pun, and he's, he's, he's mm. fitted in there and, and, you know, hasn't but it was interesting because there's also, Rob, games coming up and you're thinking about away at Newcastle and away at Manchester City have got quality forwards that mm. you'd like to have Saliba and, and, and Gabriel as, you, as your back too. Um, yeah. Yep. Interesting one, Rob, and, 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 and again, I'll, I'll be interested in your view. I won't even give you my opinion before I ask the question, but there was a few people sort of questioning a few of Mikel Arteta's substitutes. Now, it always happens, and listen, he's made substitutes that have changed the game and won games. Yeah. Today, people were saying, like, uh, you know, he takes Odegaard off, he puts on, you know, goes three at the back, you know, is he kind of drawing them on rather than going the other way? Is that the way to, to get the game? Listen, I, I wasn't particularly having it, I'll, I'll tell you. And I just think it's easy to make those, those kind of conclusions after, you know, the, the school line. But anything in that for you? No, no. I mean, the, the only thing was the... I can't think of his name now. Uh, the, the Polish, the new Polish... Kivor, Kivor. Kivor, yeah. Kivor, Kivor, yeah. Um, he came in, mm. and, and it's such a... I mean, I, I, I'm not sure how many minutes he's played in the Premier League, yeah. Rob. I think yeah. he's played in, in the Europa or whatever, but mm. we, we watch almost every game, and yeah. he, he might have been in, come in a couple yeah, of times. I don't know. Yeah. But it's a, it's a flipping... It's a, it's a some game to come in yeah. and try and... You know, he got caught out early on. I think Robbie got somebody who went round him yeah. early on. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think at this point, you've you, you got to be a... You, you, you've got to be a harsh critic if you're going to yeah, have a go for Mikel Arteta, the way that he's absolutely. managed and he's made changes. I mean, it, for the most part, I mean, wow. You, you, and he said after Rob, because I, I think he was asked a question. It's like, well, you know, I do, I do what I can to try and help the team. Yeah. And I think at that point, when they're mm. literally hanging on, yeah. they're hanging on. I mean, there was a few legs, some of the saves that yeah. he made. Yeah. Yeah, it was tight. It was, it's hard, isn't it? With the way Liverpool play like that. And I know when you look at Liverpool, where they are on the table, yeah. you, I guess you don't think they're capable of that. But they yeah. are. They are capable of that. And um, when Trent gets on the front foot, again, I could pick him apart for some of the goals. Martinelli creates one, yeah. scores one. It's his kind of guy. You know, whether he's, he's, he's close enough at certain mm. times. He got caught over the top, I thought, for, um, for the second goal. Um, but then he comes forward, Robin, makes a yeah. brilliant ball in yeah. for Firmino's equalising head at the back post. So, you know, it, it's, it, it, was, it, was, it was current Liverpool first half. It yeah. was vintage Liverpool second half. And that's just the way it was. And Arsenal were brilliant first half and had to scrap and fight and yeah. they couldn't find a way. Um, but it goes back to the start of our chat, Rob, and it's like Arsenal, that y- you, you got, it was a little lucky given yeah. the penalty yeah. miss and everything else. Um, but listen, they, maybe they've earned that luck, Rob, over yeah. the season, the way they've played. They've earned a little bit of luck, mm-hmm. and all champions need a little bit of luck. Um, but what a game. What yeah. incredible game of football, I tell you. I exhausted, mean, it's... Yeah. it's Sometimes you're exhausted watching, Rob, because you've got so many themes going yeah. on. We're talking with our, our tape room to have a look at this, and then this mm-hmm. happens, and these, honestly, oh. one of them days you were, oh, you, you were panting. 
Listen, Rob, we, I talked about the good, the bad and the ugly. The ugly um, the, the yeah. story that's coming out, and we'll certainly learn more tomorrow, and the PGMOL, the, the Professional Referees Association, are going to come out with a statement, base. And, and I think we got the pictures out today, and it, it's starting to catch fire on social media. But there was an incident, Rob, at, at half-time, where the assistant referee, we know him as a linesman, walked towards the centre of the pitch to meet the referee, and then they walk off together. Now, during that time as he's walking towards the centre of the pitch, there's definitely a, a, some communication between Andrew Robertson and the linesman. And these pictures, Rob, and, and video of the linesman almost raising his elbow in the face of, of Andrew Robertson. Now, mm. you can see from mm. Robertson's reaction, mm. he's not happy. A few of his fellow uh, teammates have to pull him back. There's a little bit of scuffle. The, the referee sees something, pulls out a yellow card, gives Robertson a yellow card, we believe, for dissent. Now, whether... It was what he'd said after the, the event. Um, but it's out there, Rob. The PGMOL are coming out with a statement tomorrow. They're going to have a thorough investigation. My sense of what I saw and how it happened, and we sort of saw something during the game because it was, it was on the near side and we, we got a couple of pictures. I don't think we'll ever see this assistant referee stroke linesman again in English football. Yeah, I, I think you're probably going to be right, Rob. And I, I just, you know, just, just, just really honestly, uh, I saw it, and he, it wasn't. It, it was definitely a raised elbow to the face of Robinson, which is yeah. unacceptable. I get that. Um, sometimes in something like that, instincts. It wasn't as though he threw a, a massive elbow and, and knocked him over. It was an instinctual kind of. Um, raising to the chin, you, you can't do that. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him be suspended, like, a, a, like, um, um, not not necessarily to be fired from his position. Mm. Uh, that's just me. Like, but take him to the championship for a few games or uh, to the end of the season. I, I, I'm just a bit of a believer, Rob, that we all make mistakes a little bit, and and that's a massive mistake in a huge mm. game, and it's it's absolutely unacceptable, of course. Um, but I, I wouldn't want to see a you know a good official that's trusted to go and like be a part of that officiating team in that game just to be cast aside for one mistake. So, mm. um, yeah, uh, it, there's no question. Right? The PGML are going to have to say under no circumstances can you ever raise your arm or hand or anything striking a, uh, as an actual player. Oh. I mean, it, it is a shocker, but well, I just hope it doesn't, just hope it doesn't just the, fall the, out of the game. The Mitrovic situation, Rob, where he... Yeah. An eight-game eight, yeah, been... eight ban, a player putting his hands on, on a referee, yeah. it's going to work both ways. And, you know, fans come onto the pitch yeah. and, and do with players. So it, it, it was an ugly, it's not a good mm. look for the Premier League. It's not been a great weekend for yeah. the PGMOL and VAR and all that stuff as well. Um, <laughs> Howard Webb, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no doubt, will deal with it. And we'll have to see what, what's the fallout from there. But, um, yeah, let, mm. let's not take away from what was a brilliant game of football at, at, at Anfield, though. I mean... That's the Premier League right at its very best, mate. Right at its very best. An eighth-place team well, just, was just not as we, to play as, for. Yeah. No, just, just before we move on, I, I want to mm. make sure I get your sense of, you know, we can move on from this game, but, but yeah. I've got to, you know, how, how, how does it feel now? How do you feel about Arsenal, the title um, race? How, do, how does today affect that? It feel an awful all, lot more like, different in that, yes, of course they wanted to win. They didn't. So, you know, Man City may feel, and those who, who think he will, will feel that City have, have, have a better chance. I don't think it changes too much for me, Rob, in, in that 
Listen, Arsenal aren't going to win every game from now to the end of the season. If they're not going to win, no. make sure they draw. And, if, and, and they still have to go to City and really not get beat. If they could go to City and draw, right. then they're, they're in pole position. I mean, as it stands, I think Peter Drury said at the end of the, of, of the broadcast today, if City beat Arsenal and win the game in hand, their level points going into everything, we could be one of those, mm. you know, all the way to the season. So it, lots of if and buts. Lots of things to happen. We've got Man City, you've possibly got Bayern Munich and Real Madrid or Chelsea to get to a Champions League final to still to come between now and the end of the season. So there's plenty on everybody's mm. plate. There's mm. still a few twists and turns, but not as disappointed maybe, unless I'm a neutral um, Arsenal fans may have a different view, but not too disappointed in that. Mm. Uh, a point at Anfield, Rob, in the game that everyone was saying was, you know, every, there's been periods through the season, everyone said with Arsenal, oh, this is the one we'll find out. Oh, this, well... They ended mm. up with a point, they've not got beat, and they're still top of the table by six points. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree, mate. I happen to agree. I mean, I, you know, still got six points ahead. They got, they, yes, they've came to play the game more, yeah. but there's quite a few ifs in there, you know, and, mm. and, and Arsenal going into to City knowing that they're okay with a draw. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it, it's, it's so hard to predict stuff and how that game might go. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think we're going to see a super tight finish, Rob, mm. and I... Um, which is great for the Premier League, great for us. But yeah. what a game! What a what a game it was! I thoroughly enjoyed it. I almost wished I I, I wished I was in the studio with you, <laughs> yeah. with with the, with the team and with the group. We yeah. could all be in there just mm. to to throw it around. It's a peacock game. We had a little bit more time. Yeah. You did a brilliant job at yeah. half time, showing different things and different highlights and different. Uh, it's just yeah, it was uh, it was a thrill, mate, to watch it. It was, it was great stuff. Absolutely. Um... Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. Let's take it to the other team in, in, in the race, Manchester City. Everybody looking at them and just hitting that, that bit of form in, in the time that we... Um, yeah. Timely fashion that they do as they go on to, to title wins, Rob. Uh, Erling Haaland back in, in the team was, was the headline. Uh, obviously missing last week, although they scored four last weekend. Um, but this time they, they managed to get four. Haaland gets himself two goals. That's 30 Premier League goals, Rob, in total. 42, uh, 44, I think, in all competitions now. Jack Grealish continues to show some of his best form in, in the Blue of City. Um, and City just mm. march on, march on, Rob. The, you know, four-one, two goals to Haaland, top scorer, thirty Premier League goals. Jack Grealish back to back goals, back to assists. Sort of sums up everything you need to know in that game. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you pretty much got my notes, Rob. You know, they're, they're absolutely in their best form of the season, no question. We've seen it many, many times before. There's times earlier in the season where you think, oh, can they ever, can they find that again? Well, they found it again. Yeah. I think the headlines, certainly Erlen Haaland's uh, free kick, the overhead kick was, was stunning. And it's like, it, it, almost every time he flipping shoots a goal, the, the, the ball goes into the back of the net. The production now from Jack Grealish is another story, another continuation, yeah. his development. Um, he looks much more comfortable, Rob, yeah. I think, in a City shirt. And, and maybe he wanders off his line a little bit. I know Pep doesn't like him to do that. I feel like he's more effective when he's able to do that because I think he's tied in a wide position. We talked about it, Rob, so many times when yeah. he receives a ball. He's got one or two defenders. Mm. He's not really a pacey dribbling type. He wants to come inside and link. And when he plays a little more inside, he, could, he has the ability to link uh, in both directions. Yeah. So I think he looks... Happy, comfortable, he's enjoying running back. There's a couple of times, Rob, that I watched him where he sprinted, he, he had a long, long run back to help defensively, like he did a couple of weeks ago, yeah. um, but wasn't involved in the play. But yeah, I noticed yeah. it, like, look at that, he's, he's running back again. Yeah. So love that. I mean, love love that for for the team and stuff. So he's becoming a story, looks looks like he's mm. he's becoming the player that Pep always thought he could do. Yeah. Haaland's Haaland. I mean, it's, you know, he, he's probably not going to get I mean, he's, he's going to break the record, but in terms of Premier League goals in the season, yeah. Um, but because of his injuries and different, get, you know, he's had a few mm. games off and stuff. I don't think we're going to get a crazy big number that we might have expected. It's still going to be an amazing number. Yeah. Um. And 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 De Bruyne is the other one, Robin, and and yeah. De Bruyne is back yeah. at. Uh, not that I think he's ever got too far away yeah. from it. His manager mm. has, but assists and crosses, cross to Haaland, and Haaland's movement again, Rob. I don't know whether you did a little movement on it. He was yeah. at the near post. He quickly realizes that, well, no, this score. isn't the best chance for me to score. I'm going to recycle. I'm going to run right to the back post. Um, and he scores from there. So it, it was, you know, and again, I'll say it again, Rob, about the back four for Man City mm. is what's different, right? Yeah. If, of course, we've got, we've got the big man up front scoring the goals in terms of the league, but probably more importantly, the Champions League. But what else is different is the back four. Yeah. And I don't think, Rob, they've looked back since they've played that back four together with John Stones popping into midfield yeah. like Rico Lewis did and like yeah. Cancelo did before that. But what I like about it, I said before, Rob, is that they are, they're four defenders. They're centre-backs. They're, 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 they've got defence first is in their mentality. And I got to think that's different. That's going to help them in the Champions League on turnovers yeah. and trying to stop the counter-attacking goals more than a Cancelo in the side or, yeah. you know, a couple another of others that have played that, mm. yeah, another footballer. They're, they're out-and-out defenders, four of them. Mm. And you add Rodri to that, that's five players that really are employed for the most part, to keep goals out the net, and then you've got everything else that going forward that they they do great. So that's the reason to be optimistic. I feel for City fans going forward in the Champions League, particularly. But the way they're playing right now, I mean, just to swing it back to Southampton, Rob. Um, I mean, they were great opponents for Man City. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not sure there's many teams. Maybe I, I feel, let me throw it to you, Rob, on this one. Right, I feel like the modern day manager in the Premier League of not the best, uh, not the biggest teams, but of the others. Yeah. Uh, there's more teams now, and I saw this when I covered the La Liga in Spain for, for many, many seasons, that they're just going to play their way. And yeah. whatever happens, happens. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I felt like Ruben Sellis in this game was, let's go open. Let's go toe-to-toe yeah. -to -toe with Man yeah. City. Let's play open. Let's press them. Let's try and play. Let's be expansive. Let's try and play out and throw everybody wide. Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay. Okay, and, yeah. and, and that might For be a period, the philosophy it of these modern work, managers, Rob, that... Maybe 20, 25 yeah. minutes, you, 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 you can be in the game, and if you get a couple of chances, you've got to take them. Because if you don't, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and 
So it was open. So it was open. So in the, in the second half, when I know the weaker teams tire a little bit, Man City came alive and smashed them, put, put them away. And uh, you know, I, I don't know, but at Southampton, I just can't see it. I can't see. Yeah, it doesn't. It, I mean, I've I seen some huff and puff. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't see it, Rob, from them getting out of it. Do you? I don't know. I, I thought he'd done a good job. I thought he looked like he's bought a bit of something. They're better, Rob. There is improvement to a certain degree, but when they get towards the last third, there's still not enough threat. There's still not enough London behind yeah. it that you think is, is going to turn into mm. goals and quality. Um, so it's going to be tough, but listen, that, that bottom changes week by week, Rob. And, and, you know, as we'll get to, Crystal Palace can show you, put back-to-back wins together and all of a sudden life can look very different. Just yeah. before we move on, mate, I want, I want yeah. to get your thought on... on, on yeah. a, um, Something that, that broke this week, and you've just mentioned John Stones was my underappreciated from the week, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And I talked about his role in midfield. And yesterday we see the defensive side of Stones, but also his ability to make good decisions on the ball and his passing. And at times he gets up, mm-hmm. he was almost getting into his sort of left midfield position in, in supporting the ball. But not so much yeah. about Stones, but did you see some of the criticism of Kyle Walker? by Pep this week and, and talked basically about he's really no. quick. He'd be the quickest guy when he's 60 years of age in this room. But basically saying he doesn't have the technical or probably tactical ability to play uh-huh. in my side in that, in that position. And some of the words that came out, again, whether it was a language, whether it was an interpretation or not, was quite harsh, basically saying, Cal Walker's really quick and he's a good defender and I need to stick him on someone. But when I'm playing this style, he doesn't fit. Now... Two things. One, is that just him being honest, brave, and putting it out there? Or is, or is that a message to Carl Walker? Or is that also a message to the group? Because he, he does poke Pep, doesn't he? We've seen it with KDB. We've seen it with Grealish. We've seen it with Foden. Is this, is this Walker's mm. little, little poke, do you think, just before we get into you know, the, the real business end of the season? Hmm, good point. Good, good question, Rob. And... Um... I actually did uh, hear it now when, when you said what it was. Um, I think a couple of things. I think the way that he wants him to play, mm. I agree with Pep. He's not a right back to centre midfield, is he? I think, not really. I think that's, that's, that's what he meant get the by best that. Of him now. No, and, and, and he's he's a little his decision making, which yeah. people, you know, that, that watch football, Rob and stuff. Yeah. So I, I still don't think it? that yeah. the average. God, I mean, like a player has to make thousands of decisions out there in quick moments. And I don't think that the general football fan understands how hard it is in that midfield area, particularly when you've got players literally yeah. all around you that are very, very quick, mm. that read the game, that want to win the ball back, that want to press one. It's really hard to make those good decisions because it, you're so vulnerable in that middle of midfield. Yeah. If you make bad decisions, you give the ball away. Or you, I used to have a coach tell because uh, I used to play that position. Like a coach would say, well, "Don't get sacked on it, like a like a quarterback. Yeah. Don't get sacked. Don't get somebody to to take the ball off you because then we're absolutely knackered." And so it's an important position. So I understand Pep's talking about Kyle that way. In terms of it being a tactical poke, I don't think so, Rob. The only thing I think maybe the the Kyle Walker off the field stuff. Yeah. He's, he's been a bit. Yeah. He's been a bit unprofessional. Yeah. Let's say that in recent months, maybe he's on the bad side of Pep and Pep's going to 
you know, give him a bit of public criticism yeah. uh, when he can. So maybe that. But I, I don't think... Do, do you think then it's just a, a poke because he's going to get back in the side and he needs him to be at it? Like well, we I just wondered if De against Bayern he may feel that he... he you know, there's a, there's a man-marking job, a more defensive job, and whether he's going to play him and make sure he's on his toes or so. I, I wasn't sure in, in, in all honesty. We'll it's, hard, it's hard to read, Pep, but mm. it was just an interesting one and in, in, in mm. the, the, the sort of depth and strength that he went with it with the comments. I thought this is aimed at somebody or mm. for something. We'll wait and see how, how that plays out. We're going to move mm, it on maybe. to um, okay. Yeah. Not so much an interesting game as, as interesting as the game was. Tottenham winning two one against Brighton, uh, Musty. But touchline tussles, I'll say, between Deserbi and Stellini, two Italian coaches. Stellini's in caretaker until the end of the season because of obviously Conte leaning. Leaving Deserbi's been a breath of fresh air, possibly in for manager of the year with what he's done at Brighton, what, it, what he's turned them into. We'll talk about the game in, in a little bit, Rob. But, but this was sort of dominated mm. by a running kind of monologue between the two managers that started from <clears> the handshakes, that continued through the game, that got to a point where the referee ends up giving both managers red cards. I believe Stellini was more for the actions of his staff, not necessarily him, but he's a guy in charge of him, so his was red. Deserbi's was for right. the descent and the going into the te- technical area, et cetera, et cetera. Right, um, right. What I've read, I mean, I, I, I was intrigued by what had got under Deserbi's skin so much. Again, I mean, there's a few things out there. One right. that I read that seemed to have a bit of legs is that Stellini apparently has given a all the praise of, of Brighton's form to Graham Potter and what he did before and not giving Deserbi any credit. And Deserbi's taken a hump about that and, and, and come for him. Whether that's true or not, but somebody said that mm. this has come out from, from sources in Italy. That's what started it off. I mean, who knows? Um, unprofessional, Robert, I, I thought it was, it, was a, it was a side story that didn't need to go on. And as much as I love Deserbi and whatever, that's his second red card of the season, Rob. We know he's fiery. We know he wants to play a certain way. His football's been excellent. But might he just have to keep that in check a little bit? Rob? Might that just affect him and his team if he's not careful? If he's not careful, Rob. And, mm. I, and I think it's uh, I think it's a great it's a great start off, really, actually, this game, actually. Because yeah. I noticed it right off the start, Rob. There was times when he was in the face of Stellini. Real yeah. nasty pointing stuff. Yeah. As if something had gone on in the past. Mm. But back to your question... Come on, the, 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 you can't let that sort of stuff take away from what a great manager you are and what yeah. a great job you're doing because yeah. it can, mm-hmm. and it can. And I'd hate to say, you know what I feel about uh, Roberto De Zerbi? Yeah. I'd hate yeah. to think that that's going to be something about his personality or his manager style that's just not... I, I mean, I, I, listen, we, we love emotion for managers, but I think he, I think he is guilty of, of being a bit... He's a bit... I don't know, I feel like he's... He's like a. I know he's not a little guy, but he's like he's like an aggressive little chap that want, that wants to. He's at Brighton, but he he, he wants yeah. full respect, and yeah. he, which is good for mm, him and his club. But, is, but yeah. at the end of the day, he's there to he's there to manage his team. He's there mm. to be the best manager he can be to his side to make them play better, yeah. which he's done amazing amount of time. Stellini, they kept going. I thought they both got red cards, Rob, because they didn't control. I think the commentator said it in the game. They didn't control 
their staff. Yeah. And I think there was one time when everybody's going off and the yeah. two managers were sat there so like that, like yeah, with their hands looking look yeah. and said, well, get on with it. Yeah. And I think that was the, mm. that what came through the commentators was like, no, nah, they've been red carded because they haven't controlled their staff. Oh. Um, so it was an ugly part of the game for yeah. sure. You'd think with coming from the same country, like, they'd mm. have a bit of respect, respect for each other yeah. and there'd be a bit mm. of, a little bit of respect between them. Um, but, but I got to go on to the game, Rob, because of the 10 o'clock window of matches in the Premier League yeah. this Saturday. I just fancied watching this one, and I so I took a close look at it. Okay. And I tell you what, I have no idea how Tottenham won. I have no <laughs> idea how Tottenham won. I mean, there were so many things that went against Brighton yeah. in an awful way, and yeah. I do believe already that Pedro Amaral has apologised yeah. for miscausing this, this game. Yeah. There's a yeah, well, that is, uh, it was Ho Pierre Emil Hoiberg, wasn't mm. it, that, that the, trod on the foot oh, of um, Mitoma. Mitoma uh, had a had a goal disallowed when the ball looked like, and this is great for the yeah. for the YouTube viewers, wasn't it? Yeah, like it, yeah, it looked like it was pretty high on his arm. He mm. scores disallowed. There was a deflected goal that came off of the arm of somebody, I suppose, with a letter of the law. Yeah, the McAllister uh, one, it, yeah. It, McAllister. Mm. There was so and you looked at all aspects of the game. Brighton, Brighton dominated everything. Dominated yeah. the possession, dominated chances. Their XG was higher. The bad decisions they got affected more by that. And of course, Harry Kane steps up and heads yeah. the ball in. Uh, was it a header? No, he's late on. In, didn't he? And, Come on, slight um, deflection. He got rolled back to him and he's hit it with his right foot. Slightly oh, flashing yeah. off the defender back in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finished it lovely. Yeah, he finished it that one lovely. Finish, yeah. yeah, and they win the game. Yeah. So it, it was a, it was a, it was a. I mean, listen, a win's a win, and you yeah. and you'll take anything. But on another day, mm. Brighton aren't losing that game, no. and 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 the decisions and stuff. I mean, they had yeah. two real bad ones actually, and I feel bad for them because that's a that's a tough loss to take when they played so well, Rob. And yeah. and you know when I watched them. They got so many good technical players from Gross in midfield to Solly March. Do we know yeah. about McAllister, Caicedo? They're a really talented um, group of players that are obviously doing well under the new manager, Deserby. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was some game, mate. And I tell you, Spurs, like, wow, how did you come out with that with a victory? But they did. Yeah. And it keeps them in touch with the top four. Absolutely. From Brighton's point of view, Rob, European football of some calibre would, would, would be the, the goal, wouldn't it be the dream? Conference League, Europa League. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, I think they'll get it. Well, they're seventh now in the league table. Yeah. Uh, every yeah, summer, like it's a bit like lo what Leicester used to be, Rob. You know, I'm sure this summer they, they brace themselves for yeah. the office of some of the players. They've got some mm. very high-level Premier League players in that squad, apart, yeah. of course, from the manager, Roberto De Zerbi, that's going to be possibly in demand from Premier League, if not certainly Serie A. So yeah. that'll be the concern going into the um, into the summer. But as I know, you know, I know um, the CEO at the football club and, and there's there's contingency, there's concession planning for every major player, yeah. staff member. They've got they've got backups that are ready. Well, not ready to come in, but they've got targets to come in. So it's a brilliantly ranked club and I love watching them. I love watching them play right now because I love a team, particularly a team like Brighton, Rob, yeah. that have that philosophy. And I'm, I'm, I, you know, I would suspect that a lot of those Spurs fans in that stadium yeah. are thinking, that kind of what we want to play like that. They, they yeah. look like the home team, Rob. They were that, they were that yeah. silky and that good. Um, but they lost the game. It's amazing. Yeah, and we'll have to see what the consequences of that red card are for Deserby because they have got Rob in two weeks in FA yeah. Cup, Cup semi-final at Wembley against Manchester United um, yeah. and so you know let's hopefully that he is on the touchline and Brighton can give their best and give United a go talking of United let, let's move to Old Trafford 
Um, they're facing mm. uh, Sean Dyche's Everton team that we know are, are well organised, are, are more difficult to, to beat and to play against. Um, it was a Everton team that had no decoury because of his red cards, so he had to jig things about. He got Ellie Sims back in the team at the top of the pitch, and Demory yeah. Gray played a little bit un underneath him into midfield. It was, um, in the end, a good win for United. McTominay with the first goal, Rob, obviously scoring goals internationally and, and, and made a nice run, lovely shot finish to, to get the goal. Anthony Martial comes on um, and gets a goal, and he could be important in this running now with the amount of games that United got. You know, in my uh, prep for the game, Rob, I was just looking at United this month, have nine games in the month of April. Um, across three competitions. Wow. It's, it's an incredible wow. amount of games. Mm. Fortunately, they've got a few people coming back. Ericsson was back in the, in the squad. You know, yeah. um, Casemiro's mm. last of his band, so there is one or two people coming back. But I suppose the big news outside of United winning and getting the three points that, that at the time got them um, in third place in, in the league uh, mm. uh, as, as they mm. won, I think the big news was the injury to Marcus Rashford, who was... Played over the top, was running for a ball, pulled up shortly, straight to the medical people saying he wasn't right, held off. We saw him limping towards the um, towards the dressing room, and no sort yeah. of full reports come out as yet. But Ten Hag, I, I saw in his press conference, said things don't look that good at the moment, which doesn't sound great for for Rashford. Doesn't sound great for Ten Hag and Manchester United. Mm. Well, also Ten Hag didn't he have a go at the um, the Premier League, Rob, wasn't he, for official oh, for the might, amount yeah. of games? Mm. I mean, it's just English football, isn't it? It just is. Like, mm. if you're successful in these different competitions, then yeah. you play a lot of games, and it's it's the way it is. I mean, we know that Rashford put out the England squad for international break, so yeah. you know he had a few days off. We know he came into New York City and enjoyed himself for a few days off, and deserved that the amount of games yeah. that he's played. But it, maybe it wasn't enough. You know, maybe it wasn't enough to take that break. Um, yeah, it's always a concern when you see a player stop and he's holding the inside of his uh, yeah. of his thigh in the groin area. Again, we don't know what in the, the details of the injury yeah. is or are. But, um, yeah, it's got to be a worry given the season he's had and given how sharp he's looked and how threatening he's looked. Um, so that, that was the bad side of it, Rob. I did, I did just want to quickly talk about the way that they play Man United because, again, yeah. I, I find it really interesting. They, they are... And, and I'll summarise it as this, Rob: that when they play teams that that they that, that concede possession mm. to Manchester United, yeah. Man United are in their absolute sweet spot. They're in their mm. sweet spot. They they love it. They love the ball. They love teams yeah. to drop off because they play with this brilliant, brilliant width on both sides. They play now with with a midfield fluidity that's pretty. Remarkable, really. I mean, whoever's playing alongside... It was Bruno Fernandes, Rob, was playing as a holding yeah. six in this game, yeah. which I thought, wow, like, surely he's more... But he, he's doing the Ericsson thing. Now, yeah. Ericsson's nearly yeah, back, but Ericsson came into yeah. his Man United side when they, mm. when they were stodgy and they couldn't play, and he made them play. Bruno makes them play. Yeah. His passing range is brilliant, brilliant. And then you had Sabitza playing as a number 10. Yeah. And McTominay, alongside Bruno, that's, that's given license to get, get forward. forward. So at yeah. times, you've got, you got Sancho, Anthony, you've got fullbacks, you've got the midfield yeah. players, and you've just got one player, and it was Bruno holding. Mm. I really, really enjoy Eric Ten Hag's philosophy against teams that are a little weaker because he stretches them, he massively stretches them, and they create, they find ways to get through and score goals, create chances. Not yeah. only score goals, but they create a lot of chances. The problem comes, I think, for Man United when they play against good sides mm. that are also good on the ball, and then you get this super 
stretch game end-to-end and they're vulnerable to conceding goals as we've seen, Rob, in recent matches where they get pulled apart, they get battered a little bit um, and then we, we moan about Rashford and Antina not, Antina not come back to help out. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know, the, the famous thing that coaches always say about the teams, we want to attack together, we want to defend together. Well, I'll tell you what Man United do, Rob. They attack together, they don't for the most part defend right. together. So yeah. when they don't have the ball... Mm. The attackers kind of switch off a little bit and the defenders like, get on with it, guys. You know, yeah. you, you can handle you defend, that. And we, yeah. I think we know now mm. that champions, if you're going to be champion, you, you've got to be both. You've got, to, you've got to defend together as well, which is something they can, they can improve. But this was just, I just enjoyed this game for Man United, Rob, because I see a team that pulled Everton apart. Mm. They're lovely and expansive. They do play in a style that United fans are going to really enjoy and are enjoying. Um, and a few tweaks and a few additions and a few, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be challenging at the very top. But I, yeah. I just wanted to, to drop that just, mm. just the way it's different. Bruno yeah. playing as a six is different. Yeah. There's not many managers in round that would do that, but it works because of his brilliant passing range and the way that they, their philosophy is, we're just going to play. And who cares if we're not that strong, mm. solid, organised in the middle of the park because we can play great football. As I, I was looking through the teams, Rob, and I think it was one of my teams I was looking at for the weekend, I was just thinking like with, with the amount of tournaments, the amount of competition, the amount of games that they're in, we might see change of personnel. I'm not sure whether we'll see too much change of system, though. But as you say, Vegors can play in a few positions. A bit of playing in the ten, which we've been new. You know, Bruno playing it as a six, and Different. if he's got the yeah. ball, dominating the ball as he can do. One area where I, I, I'm still in, and I said to, I think at half time to Bex, one area that still needs improving for me, and I think you've touched on, you know, wide players now in, in progressive teams. Sancho and Anthony's Rob, production mm. is still not where it should be. When you see mm. Saka and Martinelli today, when you see, you know, Grealish and, and, and Mares and players, bigger threat, S- more Salah, goals, more all. assists mm. and all that stuff. Yeah, you see the Brighton players and you're seeing, you know, mm. whether Rashford's there or sometimes plays centrally, and, and obviously if he's out for a while, they, they don't even have him at all. Goal, more goals have got to come. Anthony and Sancho have got to become more goal-hungry, get into better positions when the ball's on the opposite side, hit, hit, hit the far post. Just don't feel that's something that United can rely on as a goal source when others can, and that maybe is a bit of a difference. Mm. You know what? It's an interesting point, Rob, because I immediately think of the way that Eric Ten Hag plays, Rob, I think I think those wide players are very wide a yeah, lot. Yeah, stay out, yeah. They're, 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 they're there for the width, and mm. they're more, I feel like they're a bit more old-school, creative type of wide players, more than the the, the new school of, yeah. of the 4-3-3s yeah. and the, and the, the, the scoring runs, wingers. Yeah. Basically, like, like yeah, I, so mm. I, I, I totally agree, you mm. know, and I think these days, particularly Man United right now, they haven't got any very few strikers, that they yeah. need more goals in those areas. But it might be difficult, given the way that he wants them. And I just give him praise for the, the great width they play with. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't be always available in the wide positions and also be in the centre of the box like Mo Salah is. I and mean, when you yeah. see Mo Salah out wide, like not as yeah. much as a normal wide player. Systems are a little bit different, but, but it's interesting. No, yeah. And maybe more goals from the middle of the park. Mm. And just a quick mention on Scott McTominay, Rob. And he was... Yeah. He was, he was and pro- we've probably had him before for underappreciated. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there's times I watch him play and I think it, it, he's really effective in different ways, in all ways. Maybe the best way that he plays is actually getting forward and scoring goals. We saw it for Scotland and um, he gets forward again. And he makes a little run and scores. I mean, he's a, 
he's just, I think he is a little underappreciated and Eric yeah. Ten Hag likes him. Um, I just wanted to give him a little mention because again, like he, he's, I don't know. I just think he's an important player for Manchester United that pops up with the odd goal. That's plenty of runs into the penalty box. And maybe from those players that the manager might want more goals, maybe as, as much as the wide players too. Yeah. Didn't he win player of the year or something with Jose Marino? Give him a special award or something when Marino went to the football club? Yeah. Uh, back did. in the day. So, yeah. yeah if Jose yeah. likes you, that must be a good yeah. thing. But it was um, good. Yeah. yeah. Good result. Uh, Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let's, let's take it to the community mm. stadium. Uh, Brentford won, Newcastle 2. Brentford went ahead. Um, we had uh, a first in, in, in this game, Rob, uh, an Ivan Tony penalty miss in, in the Premier League. Well, penalty saved, actually. Nick Amazing. Pope. Went to uh, yeah, went to yeah. his left, made a save, and then Tony got the second chance to do it with with another uh, penalty kick. Isaac caught Rico Henry in the head, dangerous play. Got the the foul, the, the penalty was given. Tony steps up, same side, goes with a bit of height, finds the back of the net, gets his 18th Premier League goal of the season. Brentford are one 0 up. You're thinking, oh, difficult. You know, Newcastle hadn't particularly started the game well, and you're wondering after that, that great run they're in. I think it was four straight wins before the game. Um, but they find a way back, mate. Uh, Joe Ellington gets to the byline, pulls the ball back. The goalkeeper ends up trying to kick it away and kicks it into his own goal. And then Alexander Izak, Rob, we've talked about him and the level he can, yeah. can take them to. It was a beautiful yeah. finish from a, a ball mm. with Callum Wilson. Um, it was interesting, Rob, because Wilson came on as a substitute, didn't he? And, and they had, he had both players on, on the pitch. And I just wonder, somewhere down the future... Does it always have to be one or other? Is it, is, will there be times, could there be times when they could play together as a, as a front two? Yeah, I think there is, Rob, basically because of the way that Isaac plays. He's yeah. so talented, he could play in different spots. He could play as a 10, he could play mm. as, a, as, a, as a wide forward, one of those guys. I think Wilson's very much a number nine, nothing yeah. else, um, but an effective number nine that can go on scoring runs. We've seen that before. But uh, no, at certain moments, I mean, again, another come from behind victory for, for, for Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, this has happened many, many times now with the spirit at the football club. And, and what they're doing is they're, I know Spurs got the victory, but I, I still feel that they're in a way a little bit. They're running out of games now. I think nearly, what, 29 games played for Newcastle, yeah. 30 for Spurs. I think they're going to, I think that this, this run, this momentum over recent weeks is going to carry them to a top four finish. I believe that. And, and it, you know, whether it's United or Spurs, you've got to, got to say right now that it's 
probably going to be Man United, but, yeah. but there is, there's plenty of games left. Mm. I just really like what Newcastle have done. We've said it many times, the way that they play. It's like, it's like no other team. They play like yeah. no other team. And Arsenal yeah. got to go there, Rob. When, when, yeah, when Arsenal go there, going yeah. there? A few weeks' time, yeah. <sighs> yeah, which uh, actually I think it's May. It's early oh, May, yeah. I think, they, um, yeah. Arsenal go to Newcastle. I mean, what, what a difficult sure. game. That that's yeah. going to be for us, but just with the energy that, that Newcastle managed. That, that, so that's as no, I, didn't, going I to just Liverpool, saw highlights of this one. Newcastle away now is, is, is difficult yeah. as going to Anfield. Yeah, yeah, and that could be a defining game. Mm. Yeah, that really could be. But I didn't see all of this one because there's in that no. window of a yeah. million games going on this Saturday. But uh, you know, you look at them one 0 down. I'm like, ah, oh, mm. you know, and then they look. Temp I mean, they, they got goals real quick, and yeah. I'm like, wow, they're two one up again. So yeah. no, they keep going. They they mm. the, the Geordie boys. They're they're flying and they're flying. I think they're going to um, they keep going. They're going to finish in the top four, which is remarkable. Let's have a look at a few other results, mate. Just before we wrap things up, um, hmm. the headlines were Frank Lampard backing caretaker charge of Chelsea. They were going <laughs> away to Wolves. Everybody expecting. Well, certainly is is there going to be a caretaker bounce, if not a manager bounce from, from Frank going into um, the dressing room of talented young players, but we know struggle to score goals. Haven't quite worked out the system. He did change things a little bit, Rob. He went back to his, his traditional sort of 4-3-3 um, with Chilwell and James as, as, as full-backs for Fauna and, and Koulibaly as, as centre-backs. Then he had Enzo, Kovacic and, and Gallagher uh, either side. And then a front three with um, Sterling one side, Felix the other and Habits um, generally at the top of the pitch. Um, but different manager... Same old Chelsea to a certain degree, Rob. Not much happening mm. in the attacking field of the pitch. Wolves were the better team. Wolves scored a beautiful goal. Um, I think it was Nunez who scored a, a, a half volley that smashed past Kepa. Um, and little really mm. reaction, Rob. Uh, Aubameyang did come on. He was in the squad. Uh, Pulisic came on and had some minutes. I mean, I'm sure he, he, he's gearing up. There was no Angolo Kante. Uh, I'm sure that that's because of the Real Madrid game coming up, which is is, is going to be huge for for Chelsea. But um, a bit flat, Rob. Really, it was a bit flat for Frank. Yeah, um, and just quickly on Frank, Rob, because I haven't I haven't chatted about oh, about yeah. what I feel yeah. about that. I was out last yeah. this weekend because I was not on this weekend, and people asked me, well, "This is mm. crazy about Frank going back there." And yeah. I and I said to a couple of these the couple of Chelsea fans, I said. Well, actually, is it? Is it that crazy, yeah. given the circumstances, given the situation yeah. that, um, you know, the guy that's there already, Bruno Solter, that, mm. that is a rookie coach. He's yeah. like, he's a rookie coach. So he's, yeah. understandably, they, they, they feel like he can't take it forward. Obviously, we know they've had conversations with these top managers, Chelsea, yeah. and, you know, w w the likes of Enrique and Nangelsmann and Pochettino, maybe, that are probably going to hold out potentially for the Real Madrid job in the summer. Yeah. It then quickly becomes apparent that Chelsea, well, you know what, we're not going to jump into anything. The people that we want aren't yeah. really committing right now. We'll do that in the summer. So we need somebody to take over in the interim. There's Correct. nothing to play for in the Premier League. They're not going to get into any European competition. Of course, there's just the Champions League. And why don't we bring back somebody that, that may reconnect with the fans? He's a, he's a legend of the football club. He knows everybody here. A lot of the players are still there. Um, it's only going to be a short-term appointment. It kind of makes sense yeah. like that. Of course, it's super weird to, to rehire a guy that was fired. Yeah. But when you think about the circumstance, they're not going to hire somebody. They felt like with Potter, it wasn't going anywhere, though you could absolutely argue, well, why don't you just, just carry on with him? You yeah. could have argued that, yeah. but they, they feel that, that a new direction is needed straight away. So I, I'm like, I think you said, Rob, yeah. it, not that it's a masterstroke, because it's not, no. but it's like, 
it doesn't. It's not a ridiculous deci- um, decision to bring him back, yeah. given the whole bigger picture. And it's just a short-term thing that might spark something. We saw Di Matteo with, Ch- with Chelsea in the Champions yeah. League and remarkable. I was actually in the stadium. I saw, I witnessed it. I did the game. I did commentary for the game. Um, so, th- yeah, that, that's, that's quickly on that, Rob. Just, just, on the, um, just on the players, Rob. You said a young, talented squad. And I'm going I'm to quickly mention this again. Is it? Is it is it a, is it a really talented squad, Rob? And that's got to be the main concern yeah, yeah. of this ownership yes, and the club. I would say okay. if I, if I line right. those so, uh, just just before you start, because because I, I know you want to go through. Them. Right. If I line that squad up against the Brighton squad, Chelsea squad every every day of the week are better. I'm not saying how they're playing. I'm just saying the quality of, of the of the player in the squad is way better at Chelsea than it is at Brighton. And, and it's, a, it's a bad indictment on Chelsea, the, 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 the position of the two clubs. But that's what, how I would, how I would uh, frame it. So you, so you... All right, I'm just going to talk about... So I'm going to go through the players that have come in, in from the summer to this season, yeah. Rob, OK? Yeah. Enzo Fernandez, yeah. 120 million euros. Yeah. Good player. Yeah. Good player, right? Just mm. a, he's a good player. Yeah. Malo Gusto, I haven't seen him. Yeah. I think, has he gone back on loan? Uh, I think he's gone somewhere. Madueke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Madueke uh, from PSV, Maduake, 35 yeah. million. Yeah. That flashes, look, looks all right. Doesn't look anything special right now. Again, these are super young. and I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to be really critical here, yeah. but I'm just... Mikhailo uh, Mudrik, I think we know, big, big fee, yeah. flashes doesn't look ready to, to be effective at Chelsea. I mean, and by the way, I'm, I'm assuming these are some of the most talented. This is like a club that wants to be the best team in, in European uh, football. Felix, skillful, mm. clever, but only on loan. Andre Santos, Vasco da Gama, we haven't seen much of him. Badia Shields, another good example, yeah. Rob. Looks all right. Yeah. Looks all right. Looks, looks a decent centre-back in the Premier League. Dacho Fafana, um, young striker that, that came in from Molder. Um, yeah. A couple of, couple of it, but we don't know. Zachariah, Zachariah, a midfield yeah. player. We've seen him a couple of times. I don't know. Aubameyang hasn't done anything yet. Wesley Fafana, I like. Talented player. I like him a lot. Uh, who else have we got? Mark Kukurea. All right. Yeah, decent. Uh, Chukwemka, Ryan Sterling's a good player. Kuli Bally's, uh, I think he's 31 now. You've got Thiago Silva, that's 38. You've yeah. got Aspiliqueta, that's 32. I don't know whether this squad is that good. After spending mm. seven hundred million, was it pounds? I think, or yeah, I, I and, and listen, of course, in, with a different manager dollars. and with more time, maybe. Mm. So um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, mate. I mean, I, 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 I just... think it's what we're talking about. Are they are they Premier League ready now? No. Should, could good, they be Premier League good ready? Premier League. This is these have got to be top Premier League players. Yeah, but it takes. Listen, we we've all said it takes a while. Sometimes different languages coming and settling in, being in London, all those things, Rob. You know, you also forget, you know, you, you're not putting in the, the Reese Jameses, the Mason Mounts players who are in there, who are part of the squad already. I'm not just saying... Already who, there. Who, yeah. I know, but who were bought... So yeah. They are still part of, you know, the the yeah. um, range of players that, that's available to, to others in charge. This is still a big... This is still mm. a good job, Rob. This is why Nangelsman and, and Enrique and Pochettino and all the rest, they would be in for mm. this job if and when it, it comes available. I, hear, I totally hear what you're saying. You're buying a lot of it. A lot of it is on potential, and we yeah. don't know, not all potential yeah, is going to come. Are. Maybe 50% yeah. comes good, yeah. which would be a reasonable number. So yeah. 50% isn't, you know, and you've got to sell it on, you've got to loan on, and some of the buying mm. and, and some of the recruitment has not been, been fine. But I would still say 
With the right manager, with the right system, given the time, this football club should be producing a lot, lot better football than, than we've seen. Of course. Mm, mm. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, I mean, we'll see. And Frank yeah. will, will be there. Of course, the Champions well, League's up, Champions upcoming. League It'll be amazing to watch them. That's but, it, but, isn't it? Champions yeah. League this week. They, they've got to give themselves a chance yeah. in, in, in the second leg of that one yeah. against Real, Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Leicester City and Bournemouth, my friend, because this was one of the big... Relegation six pointers down at the bottom of the league. Leicester City, without a manager, Adams Sad, Sadler, is it? And uh, Mike Stowell in charge uh, were caretakers. But we're hearing all the new news, Rob, mm. and, and probably in the next 24 hours or so, well, we, we were hearing that Jesse Marsh was, was being lined up for the job. And then, I don't know if you heard, our, our insider David Ornstein came on the show earlier today and said, mm, Leicester might just be a little bit undecided about that move now and, and are thinking about oh, yeah. maybe you know not going that way apparently and again I'll, 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 I'll say as I heard it that not all the fans are best pleased whether one or two in the dress rooms have not been best pleased and um, you know a few people out, out in social media have, have said things that, that maybe the, the owners have thought are we rushing into this should we should we take our time so not sure how that one's going to play out but a Leicester City team, Rob, in mm. serious trouble. A 1-0 defeat uh, at home to mm. Bournemouth. Bournemouth team that are in trouble themselves. They've got no major stars, but Gary O'Neill's doing a brilliant job at just keeping them bubbling and, and going. Mm. Um, how mm. do you see things for Leicester? Are, are Bournemouth good enough? What I see at Bournemouth every now and then, Rob, is a win. They've got a win in them. Every now and then there's a win. Yeah. If you can do yeah. that enough times, yeah. you might just get yourselves out of trouble. Well, I think, I think they've won three of the last five games, Rob, looking mm. at my table here. They've won yeah. three of the last five games. Mm. That's brilliant for yeah. Bournemouth. Yeah. You keep going that, they're going to be absolutely fine, which will be fantastic given given the squad that they've got and yeah. everybody expects them to be relegated. We know the owner put a little bit of money in January, bought some players. Um, Gary O'Neill, I like, I like yeah. what he's doing there. It's a great yeah. win. And um, I'm going to quickly switch on to my underappreciated performer, Rob. And I've thought about this guy many times um, yeah. And it's Philip Billing of Bournemouth. Mm. Philip Billing. Yeah. Now, I know he scored the goal, um, but, but in general, he got a ton of goals last year. He, by the way, yeah. he's a midfield player. He's yeah. a central midfield player yeah. that does play a little higher up in, in a 10 position sometimes. Yeah. But I think he's, he's, he's a little underappreciated of how effective he is. Yeah. I think that's his seventh, his seventh yeah, Premier, League high, goal seven Premier League from goal from a midfield yeah. player. High. Right. Yeah, and now for, for a midfield player in a mm. team that's a bit of a struggler and one of the lowest scorers in the Premier League, I think it's a pretty good number. Mm. I know he got a ton of goals last year in the Championship, yeah. but a guy that's played in the Premier League before, he's a, he was a steady Eddie number six, if you like, really. He's big, he can yeah. do a little bit of everything. But his ability to get forward and score goals has been, has been really, really effective in last yeah. season and now going into the Premier League. Seven goals for Philip Billing in the Premier League on that side yeah. is really, really good. So just a, a, a tip of the cap to a, to a, you know, a player that's a... a I don't say he's a journeyman, but he's been around a little bit. Yeah. He's been in the Premier League before with them, but he's, he does good work. He does good work. And that, seven goals, mm. is a good number. So I'm giving him my underappreciated performer, Philip Billing. Give a shout, Rob, because it's not always, you know, about big stars or, or, you know, big transfer fees and whatever. I remember him when he was at Hull, uh, was it Hull, wasn't he? He came up uh, first time. We saw him in the Premier mm. League. Was it Hull or Huddersfield? Mm. Huddersfield, one, one of the two. Um, and then he, he came on, he moved to Bournemouth and, and the squad there. And it was interesting, I was listening to Gary O'Neill's press conference this week and uh, one of the press was talking about, you know, where do you see Philip Billing playing in, in your team? And he said, do you know what, I wish I had two Philip Billings. 
one who can play as a six because mm. he does such a good job at six, and one who mm. can play as a ten because yeah. he can get me yeah. goals. And, and that, you know, yeah. when a manager says that, that just shows the kind of credit he holds. So, yeah, really good shout, Philip Billing, uh, one of those players who, who's not going to win any Player of the Year awards or Player of the Month awards, but does a really good job and an important player for, for Bournemouth if they're going to get out of things. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Okay, my friend, we're going to move it to to Villa Park and Aston Villa. 2-0 winners against Nottingham Forest. Again, another game with um, relegation implications, certainly for Nottingham Forest. Aston Villa under Unai Emery, mate, are just absolutely flying uh, at the moment. Uh, Traore and Ollie Watkins with, with the goals. Um, another, another tip of the hat to, to, to Unai, really, in terms of structure, in terms of setting his team up, uh, look way more productive, Rob, and way more dangerous uh, against a Forest team yep. who... Just going to have to be careful, Rob. And this week, Steve Cooper got the vote of confidence from from his owner. We talked about it on the show today. And I just said, I'm not convinced Steve Steve Cooper will be there by the end of the season if things continue in this vein. I still still think they might make a change, Rob. I think they they, they were so long Mm. out of the Premier League. If he has to take a gamble and he sees people like Roy Hodgson coming in and Sean Dyche doing a job Mm. and and people like I just wonder if, if, Mm. I don't know, six... Games to go, he thinks I've got to, I've got to roll the dice. Yeah, I don't think he will. That's you just don't. my gut feeling, Rob. I don't mm. think he will. I, I saw something. They put a statement out. Yeah, they said it's ridiculous. It's you know, statement. we yeah. keep hearing things about our manager. Mm. So I'd be really surprised. I mean, a new guy going in there, Rob, with with that big squad, trying to figure out a good team. I mean, he knows him better than anybody else. I, I'd be. I think they've come this far. You know, he's shown that he, he can get him promoted. Yeah. He did last I, year. So it, it, it yeah. would. It, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised. This I would be season. still be surprised. You would be. I'm actually, I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to throw your name as well. By the way, here's a name for you. What? Roy Keane. Boom. <laughs> Roy Keane returns. <laughs> why not? Why not chuck him in and let's see what happens? Let's see what happens for six games. Roy Keane goes back to Forest. Then save. I'll tell you what, I love that. Absolutely love it. Incredible. We need a bit more. We need a bit more Roy Keane. Yeah, we need more Roy Keane in our lives and in our Premier League. He's an absolute let. I mean, I know he's looking to get back in, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just. I'll tell you what. It's not the worst shot in the world, is it? Let Roy Keane amongst them. We'll see something. Listen, before we move on this one, I want to get my underappreciated performer of the week out, and it's a certain centre forward for Aston Villa. Ollie Watkins, my friend, has turned into a regular, mm. consistent Premier League performer. Mm. Now, Watkins, somebody I knew, a few of my friends were in London and tell me Brentford have got a striker back. 
talking four or five years ago, who's one of them who can make the step up. He came from Brentford to Villa, I think, with Dean Smith, your, your ex-mate, who, who brought him in. In his three seasons in the Premier League, mm. Rob, I've looked at his numbers. 2021, uh, he got 14 goals. 21-22, he got 11 goals. This season, he's on 12 goals already. He's had a run of games where I think it's six on the bounce mm. away from home. He scored goals. He's a threat. The team's better set up for him. He, he, he still runs aside and still does his hard work. He's good to start the press from the front of the pitch. He's one of those robbers. It's not been easy. started his career lower down at Exeter City and, and went to Brentford and had to learn his trade. Um, but I just think he's one of those that, you know, we, how hard it is in the Premier League to find a goal scorer. Ask Chelsea. And Aston Villa have got one who consistently now is getting around the 10, 12, 15 goals a season. Uh, Ollie Watkins is my underappreciated performer of the week. You know what's funny about that, Rob, is that, that I felt I feel like a year ago, or even a little longer, mm. he looked really... He, he burst onto the scene yeah. of Villa, scoring the goals. Yeah. He was involved in England, I believe. Like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not thinking he should go to the World Cup. Right. Or so. yeah. right. And, then he, and then he dropped off, didn't mm. he? Was it the beginning... Maybe under Stephen Gerrard's... He, yeah. he really... Yeah. He struggled. He wasn't playing every week. He was on the bench. He was on the bench sometimes. He wasn't even starting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, oh, maybe he's not all that. And he's come yeah. back again. So it's a good shout. He, he was appreciated. Then, it, then he went off a little bit and got underappreciated. Yeah. Naturally, there's a good player in there, and he's yeah. showing it now under the the, the tactical smarts of a guy mm. that's really detail orientated. We know he's got a little bit of an unusual system, which I, I enjoy watching him play. Uh, and it's a good shout. Yeah, it's a good yeah. shout. It's, um, yeah, I mean, Ollie Watkins getting the goals. Aston Villa is a, is a great story. I got yeah. a few friends that are Villa fans, and they're buzzing at the moment with this guy. They were buzzing right. when they got him in, and it's such a good right. fit. It's such a good fit, and the manager with the club is such an important part yeah. of how good of natural fit is it. Mm. And it just felt, I mean, to Arsenal, wow, that's that you didn't quite feel, but this mm. club size for Unai Emery is when he's done his best work with the, your, some of your Spanish teams that are not yeah. quite the big boys, but just underneath it. And uh, wow, sixth in the Premier League now is uh, is brilliant. So good shout. Uh, well, we've got a couple of games left, my yeah, friend. Yeah, a couple of games um, left. Um, let's let's won, talk about the one today. Yeah. Leeds, Leeds won, Crystal Palace, five, Robbie Musto, five goals for Crystal yep. Palace. 31 shots last week, two yep. goals against Leicester. Five goals, I think 16 yep. shots, uh, eight on target, five goals for Crystal Palace. Roy is the yep. man, my friend. Yep, he's the man. And, and, and uh, wow, I, I'm, I think most people were like shocked at him coming back out of retirement yeah. to take the job, but what a job he's done. Mm. And I know, you know, Rebecca's very keen on Palace and talking yeah. about Palace and stuff. And, and she was sort of really excited about him coming back and saying like, after the first game where he won, like, this is justified. And I said, yeah. well, yeah, it's just old fire a little bit. I and mean, that's a great, mm. that's a great kind of starting point and they're scoring and they're, they're shooting on target and stuff like that. But it's another one. It's another yeah. one. And Eberche Eze, Rob, is the is the difference here. Eberche yeah. Eze wasn't being played. He must have fallen out with the manager. Mm. Must have something must have gone on. New manager comes in. Uh, Eze plays and looks a million bucks. Scores again today. Alise looks great. Alise they they look class, a, yeah. a totally different side. Yeah. yeah, they're a totally different side. So it was a very smart move in the end. And I again, I don't mind holding my hands up saying like, yeah. what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Firing Pacha Vieira and all the the, the, the change is going to have to happen on a permanent nature in the summer to bring Roy Hodgson back in. Well, you know, when you're worried about the, the relegation part of it, I get the changes. I still believe that they would have stayed up under Vieira, but you can't, I can't come on in and say that, that, yeah. that it was a mistake now given the success he's had. So well done, Roy Hodgson, and a total collapse 
from Leeds United, Rob, and mm. just on them real quick, it, and it's not changed for me. No. You know, Gra Gracia has done a good job at Leeds in terms of being that calming influence a little bit. Um, but the, the facts are this. Defensively, as individuals, they're, they're not Premier League level. No. And we all like the, some of the football from Luke Ayling. Yeah. Luke Ayling... Uh, is is good going forward, and he, he he's one of them players that looks like he gives everything. Yeah, you love him. He yeah. makes mistakes at right back for yeah. goals, and it's happened on on many weeks now. Again, this time, yeah. you add in that Robin Cock and whoever's playing back there, and Strout, that, that, that again are decent players. But the way that Leeds, I mean, I love watching Leeds going forward. Yeah. And some of the recruitment and some of these young players, Crescencio, uh, Somerville, um, Nyoto, uh, Aronson. Um, they, they've made some good signings in terms of the attacking players, but defensively, they never really strengthened well enough back there, and I think yeah. that's what's still keeping them in the hole and the, 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 the defensive ability of the, of the back four. That's what I think. Yeah, I'd agree. And um, they're going to have to sort things out, otherwise they're, they're, they're still going to find themselves you know, right in trouble all the way through to the end, end of the season. The one, I think the one sort of thing for mm. them going in their favours, Rob, is that they can get goals. I think there is goals in the team, but unfortunately they can't yeah, there stop, is. stop them there going is. In, in at the other end, yeah. and, and, and that's sometimes just as important. Mm. Last game, uh, Fulham yeah. nil, West Ham won. It was Fulham with Marco Silva up in the, um, in the stands through his touchline ban. I guess the West Ham team, which if we believe everything that was in the papers, that it was, you know, David Moyes' last roar if, if he lost this game or certainly... Fourth, but the fourth time was last roar, wasn't it? Yeah, fourth time. Yeah, like, fourth time. I think he mentioned it in four his press like, every time you keep saying that, we win. It was courtesy of a Harrison Reed own yeah. goal, but it doesn't matter how they go in, it, they went in. They had a couple of chances second half. Mm. Ings particularly went through and maybe could have done a bit better. But anyway, one was enough. They get the points, Rob, you know, David Moyes breathes another sigh of relief and maybe puts two fingers up to the rest of the press and says, he's here. And I really mm. wish this would stop the David Moyes every time he, he, his yeah. job's on the line. The guy knows what he's doing. The guy, listen, the football isn't great. Let's get to the end of the season. Let's have a chat about things. But you've got no better guy mm. to, to keep you in the league. And, and a 1-0 win was, mm. was important, uh, an important three points that just takes a bit of pressure off. Yeah, I think so, mate. And, and that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. I think when you look at West Ham now, they're on 30 points. They're still, because the third bottom club, Forest, is on 27, Rob, they're still yeah. right in it. Yeah. They're still right in it. I think, I think the one team, the one team over the last couple of weeks, because it's back-to-back -back victories for Crystal Palace, Palace yeah. on 33, 33 points. points yeah. I mean, you can start almost to see there, it, can't you? Almost yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you know, the Wolves down is still... Absolutely going to be in it. It's, it's amazing now. I love watching. I've got a league table ahead of me. Uh, 30 yeah. games played, mate. 30 games yeah, of 38. We're, 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 yeah. we're in the final running. Yeah. Yeah. And as ever, mate, it was a dramatic weekend of Premier League football. Uh, in the big one, Arsenal had to be content with a point when they would have wanted all three. It's no fun for Frank as he comes back to Chelsea. They lose at Wolves. And at the bottom, Leicester lose again. Palace put five past leaves and Roy shows that he's the man. We'll be back on Thursday. That's April the 13th. So Thursday, April the 13th. We'll look back at some big midweek games in Europe. The Champions League and the Europa League where Bayern Munich come to Manchester City. Real Madrid take Chelsea and Manchester United take on Sevilla. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. I hope you'll enjoy your weekend Premier League football. It's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.